Well, last night I delivered a short little sermon on Thanksgiving. A couple of points. People were surprised that it was only 10 minutes. <laughs> what are you going to do with just a couple of points? In any event, this morning I have a Thanksgiving sermon, of course. This is the full, the full message. And you notice that in your outlines you had note that the title of my sermon is Biblical Commands for Thanksgiving. I should perhaps note that the individuals that are in hyperspace are with us. I welcome them to our fellowship, welcome them to our praise and worship service on Sunday for New Hope Chapel. Biblical commands for Thanksgiving, you see the text that I have noted, and you'll find that printed in your handouts as well. Don't tell me that God's not in control. I don't know if maybe Dave picked it up, but I never discussed with him. My principal verse this morning is Psalm 100, 1 through 5. That is my sermon. <laughs> and it was a lead for his announcements. Great. God is good, I tell you. Well, I always evoke Psalm 19:14 when I when I preach. And so, dear Lord, this morning, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. You know, we start out with a thankful people. There are people who are thankful in this world, and there are people who aren't. One of the themes in scripture is that God's people should always be a thankful people. The Bible repeatedly tells us again and again that we need to praise God, we need to thank God, and we need to lift his name on high. Thanksgiving should be something that permeates our everyday life. So if it is true that God's people should always be a thankful people, why does the Bible seem to constantly remind us to be thankful. Well, because thanksgiving doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. You would think it would be uncharacteristic for a Christian to be an, an ungrateful person, and yet Christians fall victim to complaining and a grumbling mindset. What would cause us to take much for granted? Why do people become ungrateful? Well, they don't stop to think about what God has done. They don't stop to thank God for what they have. And they don't stop to count the blessings they have received from God. Listen, I think we know that we serve a great God and he does great things. We should remember that he does a lot of those great things for us. You know, we of all people have the greatest reason to be thankful because we serve a God who actually cares for us. So reminder, the familiar John 3.16 states, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. So you would think that God's people would always be a thankful people and that praise would just ooze out of them. 
But that's not always true. God's people are not always a thankful people. Let's look to examples in Scripture. Consider the books of Exodus and Numbers. And that tells the story of the Israelites as they left the slavery days of Egypt and made their way across the desert to the promised land. Again and again, they saw great and wondrous miracles. You know, they saw the plagues that destroyed the power of the Egyptians. They observed the parting of the Red Sea and only to see the same waters rush and crush the pursuing Egyptians, crippling their military power. And in addition, while they were in the desert, they saw God supply them with food and water for them repeatedly. We know that in the desert they saw miracle after miracle after miracle, and yet again and again and again they were complaining to Moses. You know, these people, to, not to overstate it, but they saw repeatedly some of the greatest miracles that have been annotated and documented in Scripture, and yet all they seemed to do was complain in that desert. So let me review. As God's people, we need to realize that thankfulness does not come naturally to all of us, but it is something that we can learn. How? Well, first consider in your outline Psalm 106, verse 1, which states, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. We have to believe this psalm. We can begin by giving thanks for the goodness of God. We're blessed in our church, we're blessed in our family, we're blessed in this nation by the goodness of God. You know, it's not uncommon to compile lists for Christmas. And we draw up lists of resolutions for New Year's. But there is another list that we should consider, and that is a Thanksgiving Day list of all, of the, all that we should be thankful for. You know, I'm convinced that if we were to begin such a list, that we would find that we have, a, have much more than just the material possessions in this world. Like you, for example, I'm sure that my list would include the major things, life, health, family, friends, and the nation we live in, in spite of its shortcomings. But even more than that, I am thankful, and we should all be thankful for our salvation. We should be thankful for our church family, and we should all be thankful for the mercy of God that showers us with that mercy each and every day. Now listen, with Jesus, we have so much to be thankful for on Thanksgiving Day and every day. We have his presence, we have his promises, and we have his power available every single day that we live. He's faithful and he's true. We can count on him. You know, we read and we sing that he is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. He is our high tower. I actually expected some of those songs today, but that's okay. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last, the one who was, is, and evermore shall be. You know, he had no beginning, and he has no end, and he is the master of the mighty. He is the hero of the heroes. He is the rose of Sharon. 
and he's the lily of the valley, the bright and shiny morning star. Someday, he will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and he's going to take us home with him. And when he takes us home, we will be in the hands of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and yet we can have a personal relationship with him. Now that's a lot to be thankful for. But consider second in your outline, the biblical commands for thanksgiving. There is a danger at Thanksgiving time of focusing on what we have, not on who we are. What we have could end and change at any time, but who we are is unchanging, even in eternity. This is what the 100th Psalm emphasizes. So let's consider in our text, verses 1 through 5, which states, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. In verse 1, you find the name of the Lord. In verse 2, you find the name of the Lord. In verse 3, you find the name of the Lord. In verse 4, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And in the fifth verse, you find the name of the Lord. The basis of our thanksgiving is not things The basis of our thanksgiving is the unchanging Lord of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Alex Haley, the author of Roots, had an unusual painting hanging on his office wall. It was a picture of a turtle on top of a fence post. When asked, why is that there, Alex Haley answered, he said, Excuse me. Every time I write something significant, every time I read my words and think they are wonderful and begin to feel proud of myself, I look at the turtle on top of the fence post and remember he didn't get there on his own. He had help. That is the basis of thanksgiving. To remember that we got here with the help of God and that he is the provider of every blessing we have. Now this morning I want us to look closer at this psalm and see five thanksgiving commands. First of all, verse 1. There is a command to shout. Verse 1 says, shout for the Lord, for the joy to the Lord all the earth. It means to shout with the force of a trumpet blast, a shout of joy to the Lord that comes from the very depth of your being. When you think of how God has provided for you, how God has protected you, how God has been present for you in the struggles and storms of life, that is reason to shout for joy. You know, as the song says, 
Once I was blind, but now I see. That is what the psalmist is saying. You realize that God has done miracles for you and it causes you to fulfill God's command to shout. Secondly, verse 2. There's a thanksgiving command to serve. The psalmist says, serve the Lord with gladness. It doesn't say serve the church or serve the pastor. It says serve the Lord. Now we're living in a time when church members have been infected with a worldly consumer mentality. It's not what can I do to serve. Rather it's usually how can the church serve me. We need a revival of the church today in many respects. But more than anything I can think of. We need revival of the spirit of Christian service to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as Jesus taught that the way we serve him is by serving others. In Matthew 25, 40, he says, Inasmuch as you have done it to the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. You know, sometimes we fail to remember that serving others is serving Christ. Sadly, we often serve out of guilt or out of obligation or even to bring attention to ourselves. Sometimes we even complain about having to serve the Lord. We say, why don't they call on someone else for a change? But the verse is in the imperative in the original language of the Old Testament. Not only are we commanded to serve the Lord, but we are told to do so with gladness and thankfulness in our hearts. You know, we're to serve him, utilizing our spiritual gifts with the motive of bringing honor and glory to him. The average modern churchgoer should know that service to the Lord is not suggested, it is commanded. And you cannot be right with God as a believer unless we're serving God. As believers, it's just not pastors that are commanded to serve, but every child of God, and you fail to serve, that's a sin. Thirdly, there is a thanksgiving command to sing. We are told in verse 1, make a joyful shout to the Lord. And then in verse 2, it says, come before his presence with singing. I want you to consider also Psalm 98, verse 4. And that says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Have you noticed that in all three of these commands, God says, I want you to be happy, shout with joy, serve with gladness, and come with joyful songs. Singing with joy is one of the primary ways we worship the Lord and honor the Lord. We're not commanded to have a singing talent, as some fortunately have. But we are commanded to use our voices to make a joyful noise. If you can't sing, just say the words of the song out loud, but with all your heart. Let your pride go. Listen, when we worship, we're not worshiping a dead Christ, but a living Savior. If he lives within your heart, sing about him. And let people know what Jesus has done for you and what he continues to do for you right now. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20 states, 
Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and also making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is a thanksgiving command to shout, thanksgiving command to serve, and a thanksgiving command to sing. Fourthly, there is a thanksgiving command to submit. And we read in verse 3, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Sheep are to submit to the shepherd. We sang, we surrender all. Such an awesome God deserves total surrender. Especially if you hope to consume the goodies in the pasture. But, too many times today we have the sheep going their own way, regardless of the leadership of the sheep, of the, of the shepherd, brother. We also have some in the church that are not sheep, but are goats. They have never been saved because they have never submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. They have taken out fire insurance, trotted down an aisle and standing in front of the body, or signed a card. But they do not serve. They do not participate. And yet they claim to know Jesus. Well, Jesus settled the issue in John 10, 26 and 27. And he said those who are saved submit to his lordship. Listen, for every one time Jesus is called Savior in Scripture, he is called Lord 11 times. The emphasis is on the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now listen to John 10, 26 and 27 that I just referenced. But you do not believe because you're not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Jesus was saying that his sheep know him and follow him. In other words, they submit to him as Lord. And that is what the psalmist said when he plainly stated, verse 3, know that the Lord is God. That means that there is only one God and one Lord, and we are to be subservient to him, to honor and to glorify him. And one of the ways we do that is to recognize that he is God and not us. That too is part of thanksgiving recognizing where the blessings come from. He is the font of every blessing. Therefore, we thank him by submitting to him, not only as Savior, but as Lord as well. So here are the thanksgiving commands so far. First, a command to shout. Secondly, a command to serve. Thirdly, a command to sing. Fourthly, a command to submit. And lastly, fifthly, a command to show. First consider also in your outline Psalm 106, verses 2 and 3, which states, Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can declare all his praise? Blessed are those who keep justice and he who does righteousness at all times. 
We are to celebrate Thanksgiving every day by declaring God's mighty acts and proclaiming his love and grace to all people. We are to show forth righteousness at all times. We can show our gratitude to the Lord by obeying the Lord in our daily lives. What if God would treat us as as how we often treat him? What if God met our needs to the same extent that we give him our service in our lives? What if we never saw another flower bloom because we grumbled at the timing of the rain? What if God stopped loving and caring for us because we failed to love and care others? What if God took away his message because we wouldn't listen to his messenger? What if he wouldn't bless us today because we failed to thank him yesterday? And what if God answered our prayers the way we answer his call for service? What if God decided to stop leading us tomorrow because we did not follow him today? The psalmist declares in Psalm 103, verse 10, O Lord, help us to be thankful that you do not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Why not? On this Thanksgiving Day this week, read Psalm 100 with your family before you take your holiday meal. And in doing so, your hearts will overflow at this Thanksgiving time. Amen? Well, service is over. We leave to celebrate a meal of Thanksgiving in fellowship this coming Thursday with family and friends in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? See you all next week.